Welcome to Sunday Morning Quarterback with Jay Stockwell and Bob Frady. All right, so we're back. Uh, Uncle Bob, the UB, we'll call you UB. Let's talk about the agenda today. So I'm going to talk a little bit about who we are. People need to know that. They don't know who we are, but there's a reason we're here, and it's pretty specific. Um, number two, I'm going to start then with the, in the preseason episode with Colin Coward came out and said Nebraska will never be good 10 days ago. I completely disagree with that, and I have a thesis as to why that is a falsity. Um, but once I make that thesis, uh, I want to I want to ma- help everyone manage expectations for this year because I think the worst thing we can do as Nebraska fans, we've been doing it for 20 years, is get out and get over our skis with enthusiasm, even though I love everything I'm seeing from Matt Rule. Um Okay, uh, you we, need to stop right there, Stockwell. You need to stop right there. Everyone, get over your ski tips. It's time. I haven't been this excited since Scott Frost became coach. Let's go. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, elicit my thesis. Uh, coach everyone to manage expectations. Bob has a different point of view, but then Bob's gonna talk conference realignment, and the, you know, we'll both talk about the potential the future conference schedule, which is gonna be amazing. And then I'll go into recruiting summary. We're going to talk about Nebraska running the ball, and then we're going to get into predictions. But this podcast is sponsored by David Max. Everyone from Nebraska has been touched by David Max. He is the founder of HuskerMax.com. He's going to be our season-long sponsor and our first guest today. So really excited to have David on here in about uh, about uh, 20 okay, minutes. Okay, Stockwell, you should change that sentence to everyone has been touched by David Max's work. Because I'm pretty sure that David Max reaching out and touching everybody is not necessarily welcome behaved. You know what you need? You need some you need some sensitivity and bias training, I think. I think you should talk to your HR folks and say, Hey, listen, I I need some training here. Especially during COVID, right? But we're out of COVID. <laughs> Back to who we are. So the first point of the agenda. Any by the way, any questions about the agenda, Uncle Bob? Any, any uh, you, you be any, I, 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 listen, I'm just I'm just following along. So okay. All no. Right. I want to get to the predictions first. I can't wait for the predictions. I'm ready. But until then, right. we'll go through the rest of the agenda. All right. All right. So first, who who are we? So Bob and I, 17 years ago, did a podcast called Man Island Radio, 70 episodes. It's still available on iTunes. Uh, and we concluded at that point that there was no future in podcasting. Um, and so- It's real smart. <laughs> I'm smart. And, and despite that inability to predict the future, we managed to go off and both have somewhat successful business careers. Uh, and at the time, we were both doing stand-up comedy because we were both going through a divorce, and the comedy thing was just an outlet for me, and it was awesome. That's how I met Bob. Go okay. ahead, Bob. I want you to think about something, though, with that stock statement. When you think about five-tool athletes, there aren't very many five-tool athletes. People say that they are, but they're not. People can be really good at one thing and kind of stink at the other. No, five tools, forget about it. There's no five-tool athlete. Everybody stinks at something. Ours is in predicting the future podcast. So there we go. Let's just be clear about something relative to being comedians. There's only one comedian on this podcast that ever opened on the weekend. And ever opened on the weekend. Hey, listen, uh, only one of us was ready. And it wasn't the guy who did it. So I'll, uh, I was, because I was there and boy, I'm still scarred from that. As So what are, because I wrote most of it, I feel bad. I'm like, you did that set. I wrote most of it. It's like, these jokes are really funny. Why are people laughing? I'm like, that's because maybe the jokes aren't that funny. Plus I gave Robert Hartman a discount on some work I was doing for him as a marketing firm. But yeah. anyway, do that as it may. Um, 
So what else qualifies us? Well, really nothing. We are fans. Bob, Bob has become a fan. Okay. Uh, I'm a lifelong Nebraska guy. But the other thing is- Born and raised in? Yeah, yeah. Harding, Hardington, Cedar County, County 13, Cedar County, 1,857 people. Uh, home of Russ Hochstein probably puts us on the map from a Nebraska football standpoint. Uh, really fun place to grow up. We'll talk more about Hardington in a future episode. Uh, my wife doesn't really like it, though, ever since we went there and found out that Casey's General Store was the number one rated restaurant on TripAdvisor. So, hey, it's good. What? <laughs> You're hungry. It's, Casey's yeah. is right there. That's Casey's yeah. always impresses me. I love I love Casey's. Slim Jims, sunflower seeds, you know, that's all you need. But Bob and I are also donors at Nebraska. I, I, if you're not a donor yet, I encourage it because it is fun. These people have a lot of resources at their fingertips to uh, entertain donors. And boy, oh boy, do you get some great access. And it's just a, a tremendous amount of fun to be a part of. And the money's going to good things. So I highly, highly encourage uh, any listeners of means to get involved in the, in the program at Nebraska. We can introduce you if you need be. Uh, we are not experts, but we, boy, are we loaded with opinion. So yep. uh, that's the background. That's anything else to add to that, Bob? No, we're just two old guys talking about college football. Talk about, Wait. I think Glory Days should be our theme song. And it was best you by Glory Days. So let's talk about it. Let's have a podcast <laughs> about college football, about Wait. 19-year-olds. Bob, like, Bob Freddie making I have big, a 19-year-old. Bob Freddie making big contributions already. All right, so moving on from <laughs> who, who are we. Uh, so... The other day I was listening to, I, I've watched The Herd all the time, I'm a big fan of Colin Coward, but I was just sitting there and he was talking about the conference expansion and he just blurted out without really thinking about it, Nebraska will never be good again. And I beg to differ. And here's here's the reason why. Um, I would I, I would love to see this analysis done and, and put Nebraska leadership up against any other leadership in the United States for all Power Five conferences. Let me just kind of go down the list, okay? First of all, Tom Osborne is still alive, 86 years old. Listen to this. 255, 49, and 3, 15 conference championships, three national championships. Uh, he was uh, a member of the, the Congress of the United States. Just an incredible run. And unfortunately for all of us that grew up with that, we've all been trying to relive that for the last 20 years. And, and really got excited when, when Scott Frost came in. Um, we're not going to go into bashing Scott Frost, but Tom Osborne really set the standard nationally as one of the all-time greats Hall of Fame coach. Okay, still alive, still involved. Matt Rule looks up to him. Number two, Ted Carter, the president of the university system. This guy, literally, so I'm a retired Naval officer. I taught at the Naval Academy. He was superintendent of the Naval Academy. He's a top gun graduate. 125 combat mission, 2,000 carrier uh, landings on 19 aircraft carriers. They just don't hand the sup superintendent of the Naval Academy job to anybody. He's the president of the Nebraska system. This was in part what helped attract Matt Rule to Nebraska because when Rule was coach of Temple, he played Navy when um, Ted Carter was uh, superintendent. So you got the combination of Tom Osborne and Ted Carter both having a tremendous amount of influence. And then I think we have the best athletic director in the Big Ten. And I, I mean, how many guys uh, are come out of the out of the? Uh, he's a player, a Dit Bucket Butkus Award winner, Jack Lambert Trophy, Consensus All American, 1993, has his jersey retired. And then he had 12 years of experience in the athletic role, athletic director role at UNO. And I think the best evidence I can present to you of how skilled he is is the hiring of Matt Rule. I think Rule is absolutely perfect. 
And 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 I think Matt Rule is. I don't think he's going to hop again like he did at Baylor to the pros. He's been to the pros that didn't go so well. He's now back in college where he's comfortable. He's a rebuilder. He's going to rebuild. Um. So I think uh I think Matt Rule has the chance to become Tom Osborne great over time. And I think Trev Alberts as his boss is going to stick with him and give him the time uh, to rebuild. Um, and in business, where Bob and I have spent the majority of our time the last 20 years, uh, leadership matters. Leadership is everything. And uh, I think we've got the best leadership maybe in the nation. And uh, I'd love to see that analysis. I, I haven't obviously done it even for the Big Ten, let alone nationally. But uh, I just think we've got a really good per, uh, situation here. Plus, we have facilities that are that are absolutely uh, second to none, especially with the Go Big project that's that's opening this year. Um, Bob, any any comments on that? Uh, that that is why, by the way, that is why Colin Coward is is wrong, and I'm going to make sure he gets this clip and and he hears my rationale. It may take some years. It's going to take some years, probably, but I think I think we've got the ability to make that happen. What are your thoughts, Bob? Here's the thing: all the leadership structures nice. Comes down to winning. If you have a good coach and you win, you'll become relevant again. It's as simple as that. Alabama, not very good between the Bear Bryant years and the, and well, had some down years, I should say, and Nick Saban come out of town. Nick yep. Saban turned them into a machine because he's a great coach, and great coaches who develop players who go to the pros become better recruiters because they could say, hey, you want to go pro? Come no. with me. Now, Matt Rule sent a few people to the pros. He's doing pretty good with that. So if he coaches, if he gets the right kids, he puts them in the right system, coaches them up well enough, anybody can be relevant again. But when you have someone with the facilities of Nebraska, then, you know, you've got just as much of a shot at any, as anybody else at becoming relevant. Now, yeah, there aren't as many 300-pounders walking around the streets of, of Nebraska as there are in some places with more population. But that doesn't matter a whole hill of beans. You know, kid, what's the, the kid from Bryce Young? From California. You know, goes to Alabama yeah. because he gets he has the best shot at going to the pros. So that's the whole deal. Anybody can become relevant if you can get guys to the major leagues. And he's got well, just as good a shot. Since you bring it up, let's talk recruiting right now. Um, yep. So he finished in the 2024 class I'm talking right now, out of mm-hmm. the gates, uh, fifth in the Big Ten, behind the biggest programs. Um, okay. And... 15th overall for 2024. So the guy can recruit. He's doing some smart things in Texas with camps. He's recruiting the state. Um, and he's just got relationships all over the place because of the uh, previous coaching jobs he's had. In the, you know, geographic, he's down in Texas for a long time, out on the East Coast. So this guy can recruit. His staff can recruit. Um, so that, that kind of brings me back to managing expectations for this year. I think, and we'll get into the predictions here in a minute, but I think six and six in a bowl game would be a huge first step for Matt Rule. Remember, we did not go to a bowl game in the entire Scott Frost era. Um, so, um, and here's here's why I think this would be very good. I've, I'd listened to a lot of the Husker uh, podcast too that I really like, by the way. Nick Ba B A H E and Husker Doc Talk Rob Rob Zadica, and uh, I think his name is. Uh, just uh, Travis Justice, I think, is is the other guy. Nick Ba pointed something out that I think is really good. You know a lot about fantasy football. You've probably heard of Pro Football Focus, right, Bob? Oh, sure. Yep. Yeah. So they did their preseason um, uh, for the Power Five Conference for the uh, preseason all-conference teams. Did three teams for the Big Big Ten. 
this so this this group analyzes talent for fantasy football, knows a lot about who's going to the pros and not. There's not one Nebraska player on any of the preseason uh, pro football focused teams. And this is what Nick Bob put out. Not one Nebraska player on three teams. Okay, so that's to often which, to which I say, what big yeah. freaking deal? But you know, I, some, but some, somebody. Just... Listen, People don't even know what they're having for lunch tomorrow, and that they, they're going to try to tell you who's going on the pros. Like, come on! Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think coach. I don't think that's going to be the way it ends up because I think Matt Rule and team are going to have the opportunity to coach coach them. But it just is is one little data point that I think is really important to look at as Matt Rule comes in. So he's 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 been dealt a hand. We don't know how good that hand is, uh, but I think he's well known as a as a developer. And and from what I can tell. He's listening to Os- Osborne in terms of the way he organizes his practices. It's way different than Scott Frost did it. Much more activity, much more reps for all groups. People are going to develop in that program. So uh, really excited I, about it. Go ahead. I think the previous coach should be like Voldemort. <laughs> just don't say his name. Just, or like Beetlejuice. If you say his name three times, it's just going to show up on the podcast. Don't say it. We'll just call him <laughs> the former coach, and we wish him the best. That's it. He's out. He's done. Stop giving him so much heat. Just leave him alone. He's out. The, other, the other big concern I have, and this may be related to why they're talking about running the ball. First of all, this Jeff Sims is a beast. The guy's six foot four, round two hundred pounds, physical specimen. Um, but in twenty five games at Georgia Tech, according to SportsReference.com, he had twenty three interceptions. Um, and for, according to BTN, which I watched their 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 trip to Lincoln for for uh, camp. Um, that is the most of any active FBS quarterback, most turnovers. Mm-hmm. Now, again, it's going to be under Matt Rule. They're obviously aware of this problem. They're going to be coached very well, and he's got a stable of running backs to hand the ball off to. And then I think he can run a couple of times a quarter. So we'll we'll see we'll see how that goes. But that's a big concern. So we could, you know, that could cost us some games. And we all saw how the turnover bug bit us in the context of. Uh, of of the Scott Frost years. Oops, there I am again, Mr. Voldemort. Um, Beetlejuice. So those those are my just the talent level and the the you know level of turnovers coming in for incoming quarterback uh, are are concerning. So that's why I think six and six is potentially a very good outcome for this year and a bowl game. You know what? You're just you're just lying to yourself because you're afraid to be optimistic. You know, <laughs> I've been. Bob, what's wrong? Been, what's wrong with you, Stockwell? Was this I've like some sales for, thing? You know, we're only going to sell two dollars worth of our product next year, <laughs> and like you know, you're going to sell like twenty. It's like well, it's <laughs> two. We're young. We haven't been coached up. It's like come on, have some faith. It's the art of low expectations, right? So no, you have to have high expectations. Yeah, that way, yeah. if you fall short, then you still do pretty good. All right, all right. So six and six in a bowl game. Yeah, then you go into like. You know the the Bucky Beaver Bowl or whatever, whatever crazy name. They, you know the Roof Condition Bowl or some some weird like the 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 Alka Seltzer Bowl. Or, I don't even know what the bowl names are anymore. There, are, all these crazy names come in and go out. You don't want to go to that bowl. You want to go to a good bowl. Six and but, six would be a huge step forward. That's all I'm saying. Well, we we'll, have, we'll, we'll we'll get there when we get to the pro- the, right. the projection. All right, so some. Bob, some pretty big news in conference realignment. This was assigned to you in the in the pre podcast planning. Talk to me. Yeah, I hate it. 
I hate it. I hate it You're with right. the heat of a thousand suns. I hate it. You know Why? how hard it is to get to Lincoln? You know Man. how hard it is to get to Lincoln? Or for Lincoln people to get anywhere else? You know, yeah. You can't, there's not even a nonstop to L.A. right now. And then you're gonna put try to put three thousand people on it, you know, going to going to L.A. for a weekend. It's like terrible idea. I am not. Cons- I, 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 Nebraskans are will go anywhere for any. But here's the thing: I'm not concerned. Listen, I'm not concerned about the football team. They get a charter jet. They just fly here. They fly there. Everywhere they go. Yeah. There's there's a couple of things. It's the it's the non-football sports that really are going to suffer. It's like if you play field hockey and you have to go to Rutgers. You know, and then take all your exams, and you know there are no pros. Maybe there's some, but there's no big money payday for those athletes. They're the ones who get hosed in this whole thing, and it's just a big money grab. And where's the regional? Like, who would you rather face, USC or Oklahoma, every year? It's like you want to face Oklahoma. There's a regional rivalry there. You want to face Texas. You want to face the old Big Eight uh, opponents because there's there's a reason. They're, all those are going to be maintained, Bob. But here's the thing. This uh, this is where I agree with Colin Coward. This is why I like one of the segments he does where Colin was right or Colin was wrong. What it's going to create is more big games, and that I absolutely love. Think about, like, the Nebraska-UCLA, Nebraska-USC, Nebraska-Washington. You know, it's going to be Oregon. It's going to be fun games on top of everything that's think about, already. You know? Think about Rutgers versus Maryland. You know, think about... <laughs> You know, Penn State versus Slippery Rock, you know, because you're going to get beat up in the division. And you're going to beat the hell out of each other. And you're not going to have, you're not going to qualify. If they expand the qual- the qualification for a football playoff, then that makes sense. But otherwise, it's just dumb. I hate, I mean, it's a money, it, it makes sense economically, but that's the only way that it makes sense. When you make decisions just for money, you will come to regret those at some point. And and this this is a money grab. And you know what? God bless him. I hope it works out. I don't think it will. Here's the other thing. Why are the reasons? Why won't it work? Because how many times has Nick Saban, Alabama team, played in the Pacific time zone since 1991? I don't know. That would be zero. They don't travel. Because all that travel adds up on a body. You and I travel for a living, and you know you come home after a three-day trip, you're exhausted. Now you have to do that eight times in, in 24 weeks. It's like, holy cow, the, the physical toll that it will take on these athletes is not being accounted for. It is enormous, and it will cost them, especially the ones that have to fly east to west, the ones that stay in the middle. So what I think will happen long term is there'll be enough teams for three divisions where you'll have a western, central, and eastern division. And you, and you, do, you pick two from each of the other divisions and... And off you go. That's the but, only way that it works for me long term. I don't see it working out short term from a health of the athlete standpoint and from the fact that, listen, one of the reasons why the Pac-10 couldn't everybody put anybody in the playoffs is because they beat the hell out of each other. And they travel a lot. It's far from, from Oregon to, to L.A. That's far. It's like, you know, Alabama to Georgia is a bus ride. You know, it, it it's not far. And, and so... <laughs> Alabama to Auburn, I think you could walk between the two if you really wanted to. It, it, it all The SEC has a built-in advantage in that you have a lot of schools close together and a lot of rivalries already built up. Now, trying to replicate that artificially across the country 
it's a recipe for failure. So th this only plays into the SEC's hands even more because they can just focus on keeping concentrated. They're not going after Boston College and Pitt. They're not going after Oregon and, Ace, and, and Oregon State and Washington State or, or Cal and none of those. They're not going after them because they want they know they know the secret. And the secret is you keep the geographic footprint as small as possible to limit the amount of damage that happens from travel. And that's how they end up so fresh at the end of the season to roll over everybody. And so I think it's a, a disaster waiting to happen. But uh, we'll I, see I, in a couple of years. You have to agree to disagree on this one, Uncle Bob, because um... You're just playing wrong about like that. Like I'm buying a house in a diner? Yeah, I know. Got you. <laughs> and, and like predicting the podcast, the podcasting was not- uh, Yeah, you know. podcasting future, yeah. No future in this. All right, so that's a good segue into into predictions. And so the way I'm going to do this, I'm going to go first, okay? Okay. And I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, the way I'm going to do it is group, group the wins and losses. And, and then, and then I'll talk about one little caveat at the end. So I think, um, I think we the, the both the schedule and uh, the home the home roster of, of teams is very much in our favor. So I think literally those are the six wins that you can sort of take to the bank. Okay, Northern Illinois, Louisiana Tech, uh, Northwestern, Purdue, um, although Maryland could be tough, and and I think we can I think we can beat Iowa at home. Okay, now let's take a look at all the other games. So Minnesota, Colorado, Michigan, Illinois, Michigan State, and Wisconsin, all road games, all tough games. I think we're going to get one of those. Okay. So I think Matt Rule ends up in, in his first season. Now, as we get to see other teams play, I re reserve the right to change this forecast. Um, but uh, I think seven and five is the number for me, and I think they go to a decent ball game, something that you're gonna uh, be proud of and recognize. Um, you know, any... you just felt more optimistic during the court. You said six and six like five minutes ago, and now you're at seven and five. I'm gonna give you another hour, and you're gonna be at eight and four. <laughs> now six and six was is is like I'm just setting that bar as being that would be a good accomplishment. My prediction is seven and five. I think we're gonna win all the home games. <laughs> and one of the away games, and I will refine that as we go once we get to see. Like, for example, we're going to learn a ton about Colorado when they play TCU in the first week, right? It may be very obvious that Colorado doesn't have his game together yet. So we could we, – we could, Minnesota, though, boy, they've got a lot of talent. P.J. Flex running these guys, making them do great things, performing well over the last few years. I think that's going to be a very, very tough go in the first game. So seven and five, Bob. That's my. What are, what are you saying? I look at it a little differently. There's some big question marks about with this team. The biggest question mark is how well they adapt to Matt Rule's system. Jury's out. Nobody knows. All we have is hope right now, and hope is not a strategy. But I'm sure that Matt's got his team lined up to play good ball. We just haven't seen it on the field yet, so we don't know what it's going to be like. That's concern number one. Number two is they're young you know most of this roster is freshmen and sophomores so there's not a lot of experience and depth at well not depth but there's not a lot of experience at some of their key positions so um those are my concerns now on the good side it seems like folks have taken their strength and conditioning work a little bit more seriously than maybe in the past 
and the players have come back in much better shape, at least from what I'm reading and, and hearing, yep. uh, than maybe they have in the past. I and would agree with listen, you. when you're playing in Nebraska in the middle of December or middle of November, it's cold. You've got to be tough, and you you got to keep the meat suit nice and packed on there because you know <laughs> it's a, it's a tough it's a tough game, and people weren't I don't think they were taking it seriously enough, and it's because the coaching staff didn't seem to take it seriously. And I may be wrong. I don't know. I'm not in the locker room. Just seemed that way. And, you know, last year, who'd have thought we'd have lost to Georgia Southern or to Northwestern? You know, it, it it's like, that was that literally oh, for this. That was the day we met Trev Alberts. And yeah. 18 later, Scott Frost got fired. Yeah. It was Remember like, that? yeah. Huh? Yeah, yeah. I'd have fired him too. You know, it, yeah. it's all about the results on the field, you know? And, like, look at Rutgers. You know, Rutgers is terrible. They have the worst record in the Big Ten since they joined. The Big Ten hasn't worked out very well for Rutgers. They shouldn't be in the conference, but they are. And now they bring back Rick Schiano, and maybe they'll do a little bit better. And and we'll see. But Cindy, it's like... TV market, so, though, bro. That's that's what's so, driving somebody's, Yeah, Somebody's got to lose a lot of games. Somebody's got to be the, you know, who's going to be the new Rutgers. And that's the big concern that you have with having such a tight schedule. So... Let's go this. Let's go through this game by game. Let's let's okay. give you let's let's put your put your stake in the ground game by game. Minnesota, a game that we will be at. Yes. What are you thinking? I think it's a tough one. I think we'd probably lose this one, twenty-one to seventeen, in a low-scoring affair. It's going to be a defensive struggle. Try to run the ball. I think they they are a, they're just a better uh, lineman on both sides of the ball. Now, I'm hopeful, as you said. I've heard every lineman's above three hundred pounds, uh, but. You know, we've had the worst set of tackles in, in the league for the last couple of years. So um, if Matt can and team can make uh, uh, progress there, then we, we've got a shot. But I think it's going to be a struggle. I think we lose the game. I think we probably have a turnover or two. Uh, I think we lose, lose the game in a low-scoring game. Now, again. I, I'm taking Nebraska. Okay. You know why? Why? No mo. No mo in Minnesota. Mo Ibrahim was fantastic for them. Oh, An incredible were, ball player. He's gone. Right, and yeah, he it, turned a lot of average plays into not average plays because he was just a beast. Gone. Now, I don't know who they have to replace him. I would imagine that if they had somebody good that it would have played last year a little bit. And I don't think that I think they're going to regress to the mean and they're going to go take a step backwards this year. And so I'm picking Nebraska at a huge upset because I'm not wearing no Nebraska shirt in Minnesota without them winning the game. So, all right. All right. I think one, okay. one and oh. All right. So, going to Colorado. Are we going, by the way? I, I've got the hotel rooms. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It, well, that'll look, be a good ask me. Ask me next week. Okay. Um, all right. Well, it depends on how they do the first week, I suppose. If they, yeah, if they yeah. win, then yeah. we have to go. If they don't, then it's optional. That's um, it. When we're going. Let's, let's put it that way. I would say that tickets to the Dion Bowl are going for like 500 bucks a whack. So people are getting a little carried away. When you take out two thirds of a roster and you glue back in, you know, new guys, it takes a little while to set to set the edge. And he's got some really talented players. He's a good coach, um, great ball player, a good recruiter. So I think that they'll be a little bit better than people are thinking, but I don't think that they're quite there yet in terms of um, being able to step up and play, you know, power five football. So I would say that Nebraska wins, but the game's going to be much closer. Uh, and if Nebraska wins against Minnesota and loses against Colorado, 
that half the state is just gonna gonna have to lie down for an entire day and not say anything because they'll be very <laughs> upset. But my guess is they're coming out of this. They're coming home two and zero. Okay, my, that's I, my call. And I'm being much more realistic, saying zero and two, but still very optimistic for the year because again, I'm suggesting we're gonna finish seven. Wait, and you think five. they're gonna lose? You you think they're gonna lose to Colorado? I do. I do. I think. I think Colorado they, was horrible last year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but Deion Sanders has done some great things in, in the areas that the coaching situations he's been in. We'll know a lot in the first week. I hope I'm wrong about this. I, I'm just a, a big game on the road, lots of hype. They're going to be oh, hyped. He's, cool. he's got a system. Well, yeah, I'm saying they're going to finish 7-5. and five. Now, here, this, this is, you're, if you're winning those two games, Bob, you're, you're, you're going to be like 9-3, and three, you know? And that just, that just doesn't oh, seem. It's, it's, yeah. I, from reading everything that we've read, and again, we're not on the field, we're not at the practices, so we don't know. You're, you're presumably you're going to say Northern Illinois and Louisiana Tech are wins as well. So you're four and zero. I, I, I would think so. I would think we're four and zero through that, through that spread. Um, so Michigan coming into town. Just okay. imagine if Nebraska's four and zero, and Michigan's four and zero coming into that game. Holy cow! That's going to be a real barn burner. Four and zero going into Michigan is that's your prediction? That's my you, prediction. You have you just like had like a ketamine treatment or something? Like, are I, you? You know what? I got a. I have a. This is. I call this the storehouse of useless information. I'm <laughs> spitting it out there. I'm not afraid because <laughs> hey, listen. If Nebraska goes four and zero, or if Nebraska goes zero and four, what difference does it make to me? It's a thing that I enjoy. I like it. I like. I, it. I, I, but, okay. You know, I I don't have to pay a tax if they if they lose games. I don't have to. Pay, I don't get paid a bonus if they win. So. So if you're gonna be gonna be on the team, be optimistic. Because listen, I like like Matt Rule said, you fight for the guy next to you, you fight for the team. And if you're not fighting for the team, Mister Owen Four, then maybe we need a new co-host. No, no, no. <laughs> Look, dude, dude, I, fight I, for the I, team. I said at the outset that I think Matt Rule can be a you know historically a Tom Osborne like figure. Okay, because of the leadership that we have here, that's gonna they're gonna sustain it. He's bought in. Either part of the reason he came here was Ted Carter. Okay, long term, I think this is a huge move for Nebraska. We're talking about the first time out, and I want you to witness the uh, Baylor first season and the Temple first season. Between them, I think there were five wins. Okay, yeah, but they were traditionally bad programs. You, Nebraska, listen, Nebraska's always recruited some talent. Cam Taylor Britt's proven that right now. But they, and it's Nebraska, like point three six percent of their games, thirty six percent of the games in the last five years. We are not good yeah. coming in, into yeah, this. They, but they were all close games that they lost. It's chucklehead losses half the time. And Tom, it's like, Os- I, Tom Osborne did say Scott Frost would have had good record if the games ended at the, end of the third quarter. <laughs> <laughs> Ow. Yeah. That, you know, I think that, that, that comes down as a slap from, yeah, yeah. from Dr. Osborne. It's like that's 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 about as ornery that, as, as he'll get in public. Holy all right, we've got to pace. We've got to get our guest on here. So, um, all right. All right. Michigan so, lose to Michigan. Okay, I, I think Illinois is a loss. Okay, I really like what what Brett's doing down there. Uh, yep. Northwestern is a win. Purdue yep. is a win. Yeah. So I'm at one, two, three, four, two, six, and two. What are, what six. are the other games here? Yep. Then we got Michigan. Two, Michigan State, and then they split the last four. So what's that? Eight and four. So eight four is what I'm going with. Michigan State's a loss. Okay. Maryland's I don't know. A- I, don't know I think I think they're a bit of a paper tiger. 
but we'll see. Maryland okay. is a win. Wisconsin's always tough. And Iowa, I think they pull it out. All right, so I've got you one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight and four. Eight, eight and four. And I'm at seven and five, so we're not that different. We're not that different. The difference is, yeah. do, we, do we get a win? I do it optimistically, and you do it pessimistically. That's <laughs> you, no, no. You're like, you're seven and five. Bring it I'm trying seven to make expectations. We got no one in we got no I no player like in the preseason all, all conference team, and we got an incoming quarterback who everybody's excited about, but that turns the ball over more than any other player in all of that. You know F- what F- you F- are. You know what you are. You're that boyfriend who's like, please don't hurt me. Yeah, yeah. Damn it, so many times in the past. I'm, please don't hurt me. Be more resilient, Stockwell. Get out there, I'm do some push-ups. I'm Eight gonna. Okay, I'm gonna text our guest here to have them dial in, and uh, while we're doing that, I'm gonna talk about game week festivities. Um, so Bob, you, you will be there. We are hosting the Dean of Nebraska business, Kathy Farrell at the United country club for a luncheon on 11, 10. Andrew Bunderman is going to be the speaker. Andrew was prominently featured in the movie, the outpost. He's a Minnesota grad, ROTC guy works for Honeywell here in town, um, and received the distinguished service cross for extraordinary heroism in the battle of Camdash in 2009 in Afghanistan, the most decorated battle uh, since World War II, two living Medal of Honor winners coming out of that. Um, is he bringing? Is he bringing the medal with him? Uh, I, I no, I don't think so. But I highly, highly recommend the movie. It's based on a book uh, written by uh, uh, Jake Tapper, and um, and here comes our friend David Max. Hey, we made it. We're gonna we're gonna have to do a Jay's favorite war movies episode. It might take three or four days for us to get through all of them because. <laughs> Mr. Stockwell has a problem where he's addicted to war movies. Uh, even Sir, though his service in the in the in the military, thank you for your service, Mr. Stockwell, in that hotel in Italy. It was it was wonderful work. <laughs> so, so uh, David, uh, meet Bob Freddy. I, I talked about you earlier in the podcast. You um, are, I, I said, I made, uh, Bob made a joke. I said you have touched more Nebraska people than probably anybody through Husker Max. Um, and with you have your viewership is during the season is about what 1.5 million unique visitors per month. Is that right? Something along those lines. Yes. Yeah. That's so that, that is enormous. Yeah. It is an enormous accomplishment. Um, and David is, has graciously agreed to be our season long sponsor. So I mentioned that, uh, uh, up front, this is the Sunday morning quarterback, Nebraska edition, um, sponsored by Husker Max. Um, and also uh, Husker Max Property Fanalytics, which we'll, which I'm sure David will talk about a little bit. Um, but David, let's let's just start uh, at the beginning. Uh, you are well, you live in California. You live in Orinda, is that correct? We live outside of Elk Grove, California, which is kind of a suburb of Sacramento. But I actually live out in the country, uh, Got about it. five miles outside of Elk Grove, in a small town <laughs> called Wilton, which is about the same size as my hometown of Page, Nebraska, with less than 200 people. Okay. So, so, so wow. Glenn, you've got, you've got family in Iowa too, don't you? Don't do you have roots in Iowa? Yes. My, uh, my brother still lives in Shenandoah, Iowa. And uh, okay. I have a sister that lives up in Lake Mills, Iowa. And then my other sister, um, lives in Lincoln. So tell us, how did your 
So we met in Southern California when I was living in California. Probably we think it was at like a Husker watch party. Um, and at the time, the site was called Huskerpedia. Uh, and ultimately, David acquired the property. Uh, you don't have to go into that long story, David, yeah. but rebranded at Husker Max. And it, for me, it's been the, literally the go-to site for 20 years uh, for me uh, on game day. I especially love the game day recap, the game page. Uh, you can literally go in there and get everything you need from the game, um, including, a, I think, a fan fanlytics summary now, too, right? Right. Uh, and the, that is done summary. By, uh, by my partner, Joe Hudson, you know, so I I can't take credit for the game page because he is a uh, former copy editor for the Denver Post and uh, yeah. Nebraska Lincoln journalism graduate. So uh, he's like my wife. He can spot the misspelled word from across the street. Well, so <laughs> 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 so, 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 just tell us how David. How did you get started with with your love for Nebraska? And I know it goes all the way back to the Devaney era and all that. Just orient the group there, and then how you really got involved in all these different things uh, and properties that you're involved with. You're you're, you're kind of a, a bit of an empire in my mind. Well, you know, the, my my involvement with Nebraska football, like I said, my my first strong recollection recollection was when. Uh, Bob Devaney's first year as coach in 1962, and that's uh, what I based my uh, book that I wrote 11 years ago now, about 50 years of Husker memories. So it's my Husker memories go back 61 years now. And wow, uh, my first game was 1963 against Air Force, which uh, we actually lost the game when we were heavily favored. So <laughs> that was my first introduction. Wow. But my dad bought tickets to the south end zone when it was built in 1964 and i've been sitting in those seats ever since that's the year i was born wow how old were you that year david i'm 72 <laughs> 10 so he, maybe you can answer a question for me nebraskans because they work you know a lot of farming communities they're not necessarily the smallest people in the world yet the <laughs> seats in the south end zone are perhaps the tiniest seats in professional <laughs> college football <laughs> Why is that? Well, I I, I I get a stadium seat every time I go in, so I, I can at least map out that area. You know, the stadium, the width of the stadium seat <laughs> that we rent from the from the university. So, but uh, yeah, they they are they are somewhat tight and and uh, they're a little tiny, but that's okay. It makes yeah. everybody stand up the entire game. Watching Stockwell get into one of those seats is always always always. <laughs> David, have you ever been to Hardington? Yes, I have. Matter of fact, I used to, oh. I used to date a girl from Hardington. Oh my God! Yeah, I, we might have I might have dated her too. What was her name? Yeah, her, her name was, if I remember, it, Lynn Chalupka. <laughs> I would remember that name. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah, funny. She's from her, her, her dad was a um, mechanic in town, and when I I went there one weekend, and my uh, fuel pump developed a leak and I just barely made it into town and her dad actually fixed it for me so I could get home <laughs> or back to Carnegie. Yeah. So that would have been, I was going to school at Carnegie <laughs> at the time. That would have been like early 70s? Yes. Oh, that's cool. I was I was there. I was probably seven years old, seven, eight years old at the time. Well, that's cool. That's awesome. So, so um, how, t talk about getting started with Husker Max. How did this all come about? Well, it, it started out, you know, I yeah, I got involved with the internet way back when with, with the, the software company that 
that blocked access to pornography on the internet, and I started creating a website in 1998 uh, with all of my passions. And one of those passions was Nebraska football, and I got invited because of that small page to participate in a what they called the fans network, which was like Husker fans, Sooner fans, and all of those. So I became Husker fans. And then that evolved okay. into Huskerpedia, and now it's Husker Max. So awesome. So, total of about how many years? Well, Husk, we, we, we launched Husker Max in September of 1999. Huskerpedia, I'm sorry. And, and at, at that time, um, I was looking for, for content for the website, and I came across what Jill Hudson had on the GeoCities free website with all of the games back to 1890. So I asked him, you know, what, what would you charge me to put that on my website? And then he said, well, because you're a Nebraska fan, there's no charge. Everybody else just steals it. So I said, well, this is a good guy. <laughs> so so I approached him about creating a, a partnership, and uh, we actually signed paperwork before we ever met in person for the first time, which was at the uh, Colorado game in 1999. So, so David, in this process, you've met probably because you've run tailgates and parties and bowl games and you know you've met basically every personality uh from player to coach to politician uh you know kind of ever uh involved in husker sports in any way is that is that an overstatement i no, I, 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 I think that's, that's accurate you know I, I've... yeah so so who's your favorite and uh, uh person personality that you've encountered, probably there might be multiple. Just well, talk to yeah, me about that. It's, it's hard to pick one, but if if I had to pick a single one, I think it would be Dave Hum. All right, and, really. And Dave Dave Hum, you know, was a quarterback um, in the seventy three seventy five range, and and uh, went on to be drafted by the Raiders and made a career as a backup quarterback to Kenny Stabler and others, and. He developed uh, multiple sclerosis, um, you know, after his playing career, and he never complained, you know. And so we were doing a fundraiser for to raise money to buy a fire truck for Western Nebraska, which is actually the eastern part of the state. But uh, and to draw attention to it, I started doing a series of interviews with different people. So I. Got Dave's phone number uh, and called him and told him, well, I was going to be in Las Vegas anyway for, for an event, and I could just come over to the house and do it. And he said, oh, no, no, because he, he, at that point in time, he didn't want people to see him in a wheelchair and, and his, you know, because it was multiple sclerosis. So, so we did it over the phone. And then over time, we, we just kind of developed a relationship, and, and we would talk frequently, and he would talk to my mom when she was still alive and and they would talk football and life in general and whatever and he was just so kind to her and so later on uh, i found out that um he had been in the hospital for like a month and so so i called him up and i said dave you know um you know how are you doing financially i mean with all your medical bills and everything and and he said well he's afraid he's gonna lose his house and so i said well let me just put a a link up on for a PayPal link and we'll, we'll get you some funds. And he, he said, no, he's too proud to do that. So I said, well, why don't we do something like uh, Mike Ditka's Gridiron Greats Foundation for former athletes with medical bills? And he said, okay, I'll, I'll do that. So I hung up the phone with him and I called Jerry Murtaugh. 
and said, this is what we want to do. And that's how Husker Grace got started, Nebraska Grace. You know. uh, cool. That's a great and story. Dave, Dave was the first recipient, you know, so, so yeah, I, I still, his, his um, outlook on life, no matter how bad things were, was what impressed me the most. And so, so then I, I said, well, I want to get some signed footballs and, we'll, you know, we'll get you and Vince Ferragamo to sign them and, and, um, you know, we'll, we'll donate them to uh, alumni chapters for their fundraisers or whatever. And. So I said, you know, do you want me to have him shipped to your house? He said, well, just come on over. And I thought, well, I just got invited to the Queen of England, you know, to come to his house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so so Don and I drove over. We made a round trip to Vegas, which is a four-hour one-way, and spent the afternoon with him, and he signed a bunch of footballs for us. And and um, and we've had, had two or three other in-person get-togethers after that, you know. So... Uh, so he he would be my most inspirational Husker ever. By the way, I have one of those footballs on my mantle downstairs. So that's 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 a that's a great story. Um, um, and and did, did did when did he pass? It's been a couple of years now, and and I'm yeah I'm still in touch with his daughter Courtney. You know, because he did everything for her. I mean, I'd write him a check for the footballs, and he'd give it to his daughter. That that's just what he that's just the kind of guy he was. <laughs> And and yeah, and she is now involved with a nonprofit that um, helps um, underprivileged kids get to football camps, and uh, they've got a basis uh, out here in Sacramento, and they also do some camps uh, in Omaha. Well, that is a fantastic story, uh, and he was the quarterback for seventy seventy one, right? Both national no, championships no. under Devan. He, he was he was after. Um, Taggy and and Bronson. Um, matter of fact, Taggy. Oh, that's right. You know, Tag, Taggy. Yeah. Taggy was the quarterback. So Taggy yeah. and Bronson were the quarterbacks for the seventy seventy one teams, and and he, uh, I think it was like 73, 75, and then Vince Ferragamo after that. Oh, that's cool. And you're close with, with uh, Mr. Ferragamo as well, yeah. He actually sold my house in Irvine. Oh, me. <laughs> he 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 has uh, residential real estate in Anaheim. And, um, you know, when, when we decided to move up here, because, you know, our, our daughter uh, and her husband bought a house in Elk Grove, and so we figured they were settled in. And we had just finished remodeling and wasn't even thinking about it. And they kept sending us things of, of properties up here. So we finally found one that we liked. And uh, so Vince, but it was contingent on selling our house quickly. You know, so I went to Vince and uh, we... Um, Listed it on Friday, had an open house on Sunday, and got an overpriced offer on Monday. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so that's... nice. Well, I think he Very might be. Nice. I think he might be a great candidate for our our next guest after the Minnesota game. Well, that's what, what I was going to recommend. That? You know, because because you know from a yeah. from a X's and O's perspective, you know he's. <laughs> He, he he knows everything and being a quarterback and I can remember he he was at the uh, when we had a tailgate at the Fresno State game a few years ago, we sat with him at the game and he would sit there and and actually accurately predict a lot of the upcoming plays. Oh, that's wild! Yeah, that's wild. That's that's well, great. How well, you feeling about the season next year? <laughs> How you feeling about the season? J- Jay and I are on opposite 
on opposite sides. Well, you know, I, I, I want to be cautiously optimistic. You know, first year, but but the, with the way things have gone so far, with with the way recruiting and the transfer portal and everything, you know, I uh -huh. I, I would go with a season prediction of somewhere around seven and five. You know, I, I think we're going to make it to a whole okay. game. I think you know, eight and four would be great. Okay. So, but that's that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at. David, you're kind of a Jay. genius because Bob and I just went through this, and I'm exactly at seven and five. Really? And uh, Bob, <laughs> Bob, he started out. At, he started. He started out at six and six. So it yes. took him a little no, no, convincing. No, no, little, no. A little arm twisting to get him seven to five. I think six, six and six would be in a bowl game would be a tremendous accomplishment for Matt Rule his first year. Remember, well, if, if, if between, you go six and six, that means we lose a bowl game. No, no, because there's you have 12 to games. You six wins to get a bowl, and then if you end up six and six, right. well, you yeah, lost six and the bowl six game. I want to win the bowl game. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But I'm we're just talking regular season schedule for now. So, oh, okay. Um, so six and six would, would remember his first two first year at both Baylor and um, and Temple. I think. Oh, I know. One, one, two. Yeah. One, one, three. So we got to be really, really careful not to get over our skis here, I think. And we got to manage expectations. And I think. Uh, I think I think six and six in a bowl game would be huge. But as we went through the games, uh, you know, I think it's realistic that we could get to seven and five. Now Bob was way over his skis coming out saying we'd be four and zero going into Michigan, right? So let's just go through coming those in hot. At, one at a time. Coming in hot. So, David, what do you think about Minnesota? Do we have a chance to beat Minnesota? I think we have a chance. I, I really do. I mean, I they're favored by like seven, and it's 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 a it's a road game. Um, They've had some of their off-season problems of their own, so I don't know if that's a distraction. That's enough or not, but um, you know, I, I think I think we'll play them tough. I think Colorado's a win. I, I just think things are yeah. too much flux for for uh, Deion Sanders' first year, and you know, the non-conference uh, game. If if we lose that one, we're in trouble. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Our I it I, I I'm even going to tell you what bowl game we're going to. You want to know? Okay. <laughs> the Holiday Bowl. They're going to the Holiday Bowl. <laughs> and they're going to play UCLA. It's going to be a harbinger of things to come. Lots of good press. You know why? Because uh, every Nebraska Bowl game I've been to happened to have been the Holiday Bowl. They, they went like three years, three times in five years. It's like, well, we're going to the Holiday Bowl. Again. Right. Because I live in Orange County, so it's right down the street. So, All right, David, so we're yeah, three, uh, and one, we're three and one going into Michigan. Three and one going into Michigan is what you're saying. Uh, three one four and zero. I mean, I, I'll go along with four and zero yep. going into Michigan. Yeah. You know, wow. Well, I mean, wow. like I said, the, the the one would be would, would be Minnesota. I mean, if we're if we're gonna lose any of the first four games, it would be Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, okay. I, How I, I, I think we will the people win of Nebraska be if huh? four and zero with the with Michigan coming to town? Oh boy, people will be yeah. pumped for that. Yeah, now, I, I agree. It's a poss it's a possibility, but it, it, but. It's, it's, Michigan, got, Michigan will be a tough hill to climb. That's that's you know, you know I, I, there's, there's, I you know you you talked you mentioned fanalytics earlier and I, I did some some research with it last year and I came up with three criteria, and it was uh, time of possession, drives over fifty yards and turnovers. So if Nebraska would win two out of the three of those categories, they would win the game, and. Uh, so if they hold on to the ball and get a couple of sustained drives, uh, we'll be in good shape. 
So there's two data points that I shared earlier, David, before you got on. Pro Football Focus, who predicts preseason all-conference teams for the Big Ten, this is a basically a company that um, feeds fantasy predictions, and so they, they have a really good idea on pro talent, right? There is not a single Nebraska player on their prediction for preseason on the first three teams for uh, the Big Ten uh, all-conference teams, not, not one player. So this is a group that analyzes talent, right? So See. that's that's a that's a concern for me, and that was actually called out that's by sick. Nick Ma on his on his his podcast. And you then you can hey, and this is where we differ, Stockwell. You and I both know you can make data sing any kind of song you want it to. And if you come <laughs> in with a bias, then you guess what? You know you're gonna, and it's because so much is unknown. But I'm yeah. with David. Yeah. I'm going okay. to the max with the Huskers. All Husker right. Max. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. I Game love it. four, Holiday Bowl against UCLA. Mark my words. Are you gonna you're gonna right. play this back in, in six months and you're gonna be like, that guy is scary. We are <laughs> we are writing that down, uh, Bob. The other the other data point, David, that is concerning is that uh Jeff Sims, who's apparently like this physical specimen, Matt Rule says he has uh, you know, pro potential, which is great. But in twenty five games as a quarterback, uh he had twenty three interceptions. And has the most uh, turnovers of any FBS quarterback, current FBS quarterback. So that issue has to be solved, um, and that's I think why they're talking about running the ball. We've got a great stable of running backs, and this guy's a running quarterback. So let's run the ball and win games that way without turning it over. So we we got to be really really careful well, on that dimension. I think also Georgia Tech didn't have a very good offensive line, and you know we we need to improve. I mean. It's always one in the trenches, offensive, defensive line. You know, if 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 you don't have that, then doesn't matter how good a quarter or how bad he is. If he doesn't have time to throw, he's going to throw interceptions. That is exactly right. That is exactly right. All right, guys. Well, I think that David. Any final thoughts from you? I think that wraps us up on our planned agenda here. No, I think that that that's great. Thanks for having me on. And looking forward. We're, to- we're going to follow up with you on Vince Ferragamo. That our our next podcast will be the day after the Minnesota game. So if you'll make that introduction, uh, we'll get that arranged, and and that'll be really fun. Be happy to. Awesome. Well, thank you guys very much for participating in the inaugural episode of Sunday Morning Quarterback, Nebraska edition, sponsored by Husker Max and Fanalytics. Cheers. HuskerMax.com. Go, go, go.